Hey, what's up, DBC fans? If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let us explain. Well, first of all, Freddie, the best part is it's free. There's nothing better than using a free, awesome service. To make the process simple and easy, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor helps people find your show by distributing the podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more platforms. Also, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. I like like money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. We love using Anchor. It's a great platform that lets us hear from the fans and reaction theater with Anchor's Leave a Message feature. So when you create your account with Anchor, you can also utilize their feature and make your own podcast. TJ will uh, be your first guest. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M to get started. Hey guys, I'm Casey Boat and Dorba for Clear is back for season five. Today we'll get to hear all about TJ, Brett, and Freddie's off seasons. We'll also discuss major news from over the winter debate all the changes for the 2020 season and get ready for speed weeks at daytona i know you guys have been waiting to hear this all winter long let's kick off a new season of dbc i'm tj majors this is brent griffin get ready be ready be ready give me what you got here Hey everybody, I'm TJ Majors, uh, spotter of the 22 Cup car, and uh, it's been a long time, but beside me, Brett Griffin, spotter for Clint Boyer and Clint Boyer. Clint Boyer. I mean, that was like the news of the year, offseason. Everybody's asking who the hell you were finally spotting for. Well, I finally got a job. I got asked on iRacing. Did Brett find a job yet? <laughs> Somebody <laughs> asked me at Chili Bowl. I don't, I don't have a paycheck yet, but I have a job. I got asked. Oh, some I lost $1,000 on that damn game last night, and I don't have a paycheck. <sighs> My bank account is quickly dwindling. Well, we're lucky you still have a job. Um, hey everyone, I'm Casey Boats, a marketing professional, as people like to call me, in NASCAR, and we also have our amazing producer. What's up? Jason Schultz here. I'm back. Jason, you're on the payroll. <laughs> Jason's back full, full time. time. Did you hear his voice? You can tell us on the payroll. Yeah. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> He's like forced to do it. <laughs> Jason, let's, let's go over this job thing. All right. Full time. Brand new college graduate. Correct. Straight out of college. You interned all over the place. Did a great job interning you, you, here. Yes. You pimped yourself out. Yes. Right? You're here. Are you on salary or are you on hourly? Salary. Oh, wow. Yeah. Honestly, you should have gone for hourly because you get what? way more. What an idiot. Who did that? <laughs> You're desperate for a job. You want to be in racing. They had you by the balls and they put you on salary? It got me my Lambo I posted about on Saturday, um, so we're good. Jason, I hope you really negotiated with Mike. Be like, I work so hard for this. I better get a good salary. I yeah. can't believe it. Like, he said salary. because I worked with this crew that I had Tons to of days off. Get extra More bonuses. days off than you should. Exactly. It's hard to negotiate with Mike because most time you can't get a hold of him. Freddie Kraft's in the house. I'm sorry, Freddie. I forgot I know. About you. I started you to. You lost and then so you much cut weight on keto the last two weeks. I couldn't even see you there. <laughs> All right. Well, I have a bone to pick with uh, super you. Super dehydrated right now. Me. TJ, you. You want to start this? 
this already? So I was going to tell you how pretty I, you look today, but I forget that. You're such that. a liar. I get out of the car. I'm holding my laptop. I'm holding coffee. I'm holding water. I'm holding Dunkin' Donuts. I can barely hold anything. And the first thing you say is, what, no Chick-fil-A? I said that's not Chick-fil-A because you said something about Chick-fil-A. But Well, do you want to sit in that one? I thought we were getting Chick-fil-A. Too I deep. said... Two no, bones to pick when, now. When did I ever say that? And then you didn't even help me. I'm like carrying everything. You, you walked too, off. She walked off. I'm, I'm just so proud of TJ because he has no neck hair for the first time ever. <laughs> I know. I got a haircut. It'll be July, Dayton, or Indy before I get oh, my haircut. By the time again. we get to Dayton on Friday, he'll look like Chewbacca on the back of his neck. Again. I will. There's only one person that grows hair more than me, and I think that's Tony. Yeah, you and Tony are hairy neck Although people. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not. Stuart. Oh. Yeah. I'm not like a uh, uh, like gorilla. <laughs> <laughs> a gorilla? Like I don't like my Casey, ne- how much did your first job pay you out of college? Oh I negotiated. Um they offered me like thirty four, thirty five okay. to What'd live you- in Chicago. Oh <laughs> yeah. Man, mine was eighteen thousand. Holy cow. Not enough, apparently. I worked at a welding shop, made like eight grand a year. But I lived at home. I mean, I went in debt with so, that salary. So eight like, grand a year—that's like two dollars an hour. Mm-hmm. My first pay stub from when I lived in North Carolina from uh, MB2 Motorsports was twelve thousand dollars for the year. Or, for the year, yeah. When I did my, well, I hope you started in December. No, I did not. <laughs> I did not. So that was a. Uh, but I was part time. Um, See, that's where they had Jason by the balls, and then they just gave him a salary. They could have paid him you peanuts. Sh- yeah, he been done hourly, though. honestly. Yeah. They really. had Jason because no matter what they said to Jason, he was going to accept it. No matter what. Jason, did you negotiate at all or did you just say yes? Did you like take the first offer and be like, no? Yeah, you should have. I got a text message that said I had a job and I was. So you got hired over text message. That was, guess like, what that means? <laughs> when you get fired, you're going to get fired over text message. <laughs> Did you just send back a thumbs up when they said you got a job? Thumbs, thumbs up emoji. We're good like, to go. Mike. <laughs> see you. See you Monday. So was that? Well, like, Mike won't call anybody back, so he has to text you. He sucks at texting too. He calls me back. I don't He's know about worst. you guys. I, I don't have an issue with it. He's great. I get a phone call from Mike every once in a while, and it's always like when the kid's screaming or something like that. That's why he doesn't call you then. Probably. Probably. Let's give TJ a shout out. We oh, should what? actually give him a standing ovation. For what? For. Us getting to do this show. We tried to plan a True. meeting to everybody listening. And TJ, it's it's easier to get a meeting with Donald Trump than it is with TJ Majors. It, it took, took us a f- solid week to get a time that TJ could meet. Just I, for our pre-recording meeting of like brainstorming, it took well, at least a week and a half. Yeah. Well, most of it's Casey's fault because she's the one that's busy. I'm going to tell you right now, Casey job. is pretty high up on my list right now just for the fact that like we had this deal set for like 11, 30, 12 o'clock last week and yeah. Casey fires <laughs> back. You know, I can do 930 if that works for everybody okay, else. And I'm no, like, because TJ, we knew you'd still TJ be got mad. <laughs> TJ was the one who said that we need to start recording at 930 every week. And I said, well, I have a job. I'm really sorry, but can we do this at lunchtime? No, somebody, somebody said, said 930. No, because you have like. Do you not remember the meeting? Yes. They said the earlier the better to get it out for the drive home and stuff. I know, but then... Sorry. But then he said it was fine because I have for a job. This, for this week. This but is I'm your job. Well, I should have picked 11 then. I'm well, sorry. Next time I'm we're exhausted. doing noon. Next Super Bowl Monday, we're doing noon. Well, whose bright idea was it to have a meeting or ha- record I really this wish it was video here today. I missed Freddie's party because I was sick last night. I'm really glad today. Yeah, well, you sound great. <laughs> you need to stop coughing in the mic. Sorry. You should be happy. We sound yeah, the same, I'm except I'm hungover and you're sick. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to talk about Megan? 
No, Megan, not. Megan's, Stop. I love Megan. She, she was, was in the fetal position she was, this morning. She was <laughs> on the, the toilet. She was on the struggle bus this she's morning gonna when I left. She's going to get fired. Barkdahl's at my house. Oh, he left, actually. He got. It. He stayed over. He gets up early. Next day, my brother. Oh, yeah. I don't know, where, I don't know what time it was. Problems, he, <laughs> there's no way you would get up that well, early. He is, he's like, he's like 95 years old, yeah. so he's probably. But um, That's got to yeah, be it. I heard John. I don't know what was going on in my house. John was dragging garbage cans out at like 630. Megan was John definitely didn't go to bed. I don't know what happened. Did I don't Doug, know. I did no Doug's idea. brother come? Joey? Joey was there. Yeah, he puked. Nope. No, I just nope. let down. Your parties don't sound fun. My, no. That's like a fraternity party. <laughs> yeah. It was. It does. So Barkdahl shows up. Everybody, you know, normal party. What can I bring? What can I bring? I'm like, whatever you want. I don't care. Beer, whatever. Bring that positive Barkdahl attitude. Barkdahl walks Barkdahl. in with a 12 pack of beer and three packages of ramen noodles. <laughs> I'm like, what the hell is this? I told you, it's like he's a like, fraternity like, party. He's like, I figured I was coming to a frat party. I'll bring ramen noodles. So Steve Barkdahl, his dad, Phil Barkdahl, oh my raced us. <laughs> and, and Phil was not a very good racer. Uh, but Barkdahl's been in the industry forever, was general manager with Andy Petrie, did a lot of stuff with James Finch, and just announced that he's spotting for Daniel Suarez in the Cup Series this year. So, Barkdahl, welcome back to the roof, buddy. They call him Captain Positive. He was nicknamed that. There's another adjective in there, I believe. Yeah, there's a positive. Yeah, (laughs) because of Kurt Uh, Busch. Because of Kurt. Because whenever Kurt would get real mad, Steve would just be there to all cheery, and he's a very positive individual. (laughs) He is a positive guy. He's probably the nicest guy on the planet. He is. If you were to call Steve middle of the night, he would come get you. No matter where you're, we Steve. Need I'm him a, on the show. Steve, I broke down. Where are you at? Well, I'm in. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm in Daytona. I'm leaving Asheville right now. Yeah, like, I'll be there in a minute. <laughs> yeah, he's a great guy, though. Really great good. Dude. guy. What y'all do all winter? Got fat. <laughs> Got fat. You already were fat. Fatter. <laughs> fatter. I don't know. What I the got hell you're fat. Talking I think about I gained twenty pounds. I swear <laughs> to God, I gained My twenty God. pounds. I lost 15 pounds before the end of the season, and then... I thought you looked good today. He, I, well, nobody well, no, gained it back. I he's feel walk, like I've gained it back. He was walking in. I'm like, man, did you lose weight? He's like, no, I gained weight. I'm like, well, you must have a good-looking shirt on or something, because I don't know it what just, uh, <laughs> Once Thanksgiving comes, then you just can't not eat at Thanksgiving. You get a free Planet Fitness membership because of Joey? I see your Planet Fitness shirt. Maybe I've been working out. He's got a PSA with him, guys. Maybe. Yeah. Might have some sort of membership there. Yeah. Yeah. I work out. Yeah. I worked out. Casey, what did you do? I think it's in Mooresville. Oh. Other than post wedding pictures. I posted one for my anniversary. Did you know? And you know how many people tagged you in it? Honestly. (laughs) You know, her second boyfriend got married yesterday. Christopher no, that's Bell. Chad's husband got married. Chad. Oh, bromance. Yes. Remember I saw them at lunch together go? and stuff? Yeah, I was the maid of honor. Where was the or wedding matron at? of honor. And of course she went. Chad Where was, was the best wedding? man. Uh, Elkin, North Carolina. Where's that at? Mountains? It's like an hour yeah, away. It's yeah, like, it's not, not necessarily in the mountains, but a, it's higher elevation. There's a dirt track there, I think. Yeah. French? Yeah. Uh, I don't know which um, one it is. But. Can't tell you the name of it, but... That's cool. Yeah, it was nice. Congrats to Christopher Bell. Misery loves company. And Lisa, Morgan. Lisa, Welcome well, to the club. That guy for not waiting to the last minute. Like, just wait till the last <laughs> off day you got. Yeah. Like, we want to go on, on honeymoon. Well, Where are we honeymoon? No. Daytona. They were going to do it the weekend before, but that's our anniversary. So they said we would have that weekend. They would have that weekend. <laughs> it was like a decision made. And the weekend after is like right after Chili Bowl. Like for him, that's a big deal. Like, Did yeah. they sign know? the picture rights over to you so you could post pictures of their wedding all year too? I think Freddie raced no. more this winter than any human I know. <laughs> Freddie just kept racing. I didn't racing. do that much racing really. Just same. I mean, I ran for like three just, weeks after Homestead. That yeah, that's a, a lot. Well, that's more than you. Yeah. I didn't go. Herman went racing this week. I'm like, I might race for a couple weeks after the year's over, but I'm damn sure not going to start early. <laughs> Where'd you go racing? I know you did a snowball. I did snowball. I did a uh, turkey derby in Jersey. 
Still think. didn't go to the Chili Bowl. Nope. I'm, I'm never not, going I'm back there. I'm not going back to the Chili Bowl. I can't do it. I put on such a damn display the last time I went <laughs> that I don't think I'm welcome back. Although the next year, so me and Brett sat together, and the next year, well, it was Mike Herman's seats, and uh, the next year, Herm texted me. He's like, there is a lot of disappointed people up in our section right now because you and Brett aren't here this year. Well, we were entertaining. <laughs> True. We were entertaining. So what Say else did you do? Is that, you did three That's races it? or four? Uh, yeah, just those three races. I think. Do they take spotters to them, them indoor midget races or whatever they do? No. And whatever you, what, what like are the those? TQ midgets? Like yeah. the Skip, what, Skip friends? Yeah. yeah. Poor Skip, he had a bad week. He, he did, I saw his he, car. Uh, <laughs> he had a missed qualifying because it was his brother's, brother-in-law's wedding, and then he started last and got wrecked on like lap two. So he, tra- he was oh. in Texas Friday night, flew all the way to Jersey Saturday, That's and a- then wrecked. Two laps into the feature. Yeah, that's good. Poor guy. Yeah. What did you do, Brett? Oh, Any went, have you been home yet? I went. I worked ended? my tail off. Did I went hunting. Skiing? I did go to ski. I went skiing in Breckenridge, and I went skiing in Park City. They were both phenomenal. <laughs> Love to ski. These idiots Facetime me from this ski trip, and I don't know what the hell happened. I get a Facetime, and it's Clint, and I'm like, "Oh Jesus, I know where they are." And <laughs> I opened the phone up, and. Everybody was what was that uh, movie? Uh, remember this Madagascar or something? Like yeah. you guys are—they were all cartoon characters, and they're yelling at me. They're like, "Turn that off!" I'm like, "I didn't do it." Oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> and every time they handed the phone off to somebody else, they were a different cartoon character. It was, I was crying, laughing, <laughs> and they're yelling at me, "Turn that off!" I'm like, "It ain't me." Was it Clint the whole time? No, it was Clint, you, Laura. I don't remember who was doing the filter thingy. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. It had to be you guys. We're at something. this place called High West Distillery in Park City. Super fun place. One of the most fun places I've been in ski town. And Clint, when he drinks a lot, he literally <laughs> FaceTimes everybody he knows. He goes through his entire phone. This went on for hours. These are the things you're supposed to record. Hours and hours and hours. <laughs> he's sitting there FaceTiming people. And it's exhausting. And everybody that he's FaceTiming knows he's not sober. So, of course, they're going to answer the phone. I mean, it's Jimmy Johnson. It's Blake Shelton. It's everybody you can think of that's in his phone gets called. It's a fact. Yeah. Well, everybody. Jeff Burton. We I mean, we called. Kyle Petty answered. We talked to Kyle Petty. <laughs> I mean, we literally went through his entire phone, FaceTimed everybody. But that's, anyway, a great winner. Went by super fast. Um, here we go. Daytona. Whew. Already? It's here. Somebody asked me how I'm ready to go. I'm like, you're damn right. I'm ready to go. Get me the hell out of my house. <laughs> I am my not. My wife's going to kill me. Cabin I got to get fever. out of here. <laughs> yeah. I could wait a few more months. Can we start it a little bit later? I would love to run the Daytona 500 and then take two weeks off. I really wish we could run the Daytona 500 and take a week off solely for the winter to celebrate, do a media tour. Like, yeah. that's, I, I mean, it's, it's the biggest race of the year for us, you know? So I would, I'd love to see us have a, a, a chance to really celebrate it because I'm telling you what we leave Daytona Monday you can kind of celebrate it man after that you're right in the work mode and this year we're going straight to the west coast I think Vegas is first uh so man it's the grind is here the grind is real yeah you won't hear me say this a lot but that's a good idea to take that weekend (laughs) (laughs) first time for everything I mean it is like you get home late Sunday night and man that like um even even winning that race we won a rain. We won. We won uh, one that got lengthened out by rain too. So we were we were there until. I mean, I literally went to the hotel, slept for thirty minutes. I didn't think I slept. I took a shower and went back to Daytona, USA for the breakfast. Yeah, and I mean, you get home Monday afternoon. The winter, you know, Del Junior flew to New York or whatever. And I mean, if you're going, you got three days, and that's the Daytona five hundred, like Super Bowl right now, just finished. These guys have a 
a good long break. They get okay, you're Super Bowl champions. I mean, I get it, you're the champion of the whole year, but I mean, um, this is our Super Bowl. It'd be nice to really celebrate that whoever does win it because it's a special event. Well, it I is. think it also like Daytona is like two weeks. I mean, you were there. So I look through. at the schedule now, and I don't know if you how long you've been traveling. Oh, since a long time. A long time, like two thousand and two thousand seventeen. <laughs> Eleven. Eleven. That's not a long time. It feels That's like really it. Long. That's eight years. Yeah, feels like it. We've probably got. He's got over double that. Okay, I've got well, you guys that. are quite a bit older than me. Oh, now we got old. Damn. I am. I'm 44. I hope you're talking to them, not me. I'm, I'm 44. My body is disintegrating rapidly. <laughs> I'm wow. 37 going people on tell 64. You, people tell you 40, like you lose your vision or whatever with the having to put the you know paper two miles from your nose to be able to read it. You start here, then you're like, and, and I was fine at 40, 41, 42, 43, 44. I just went to like overnight. Plow. Well, because you Shoulders, jumped off hands, that wrist. cliff and broke your ass. I, know. First of I all. don't understand because you take such good care of yourself. How this, <laughs> how this could possibly yeah. happen? I don't you know, know either. When we first started this show, you were running. You, you know, I still can run. Well, then you, you hurt your knee. You hurt your knee. Uh, you hurt your ass. You hurt a lot of things. In I right know there. my shoulder surgery. See, and now I got a <laughs> a, a bone that's deteriorating in my my spotting finger. Where's your, How does that uh, even your happen? Wrist guard. So I wear this wrist thingy. Well, this morning I took it off and my hand stunk. So I had to. I got to wash that thing. I guess I was sweating in it. It smelled like vinegar. <laughs> <laughs> You're supposed to wash Some that. Some people on say occasion. vinegar where I live, but it's vinegar. Well, anyway, Casey, you ever drank vinegar? No, no. nobody yeah. drinks vinegar for fun. Yeah, you're supposed to. It's good for you. Cider vinegar. Apple time. cider. Yeah, I did drink that. It's hot. It's supposed it to be really good worst. for oh, your God. like. People take it every day, like once a day, and it's supposed to be good. You know for what's your, disgusting? What's that stuff? For? Your immune system. They tell you that helps you keep helps keep your body healthy. Uh, elderberry. Yes. Oh my God. What? It's so disgusting. Oh, don't tell me that. It. It's so disgusting. I need something to like stop getting sick all the time. Wait, Wait, you need that over at his house. Yeah, the answer is not. You need to whatever, come to my house. Whatever, whatever will stop getting people sick. Drop a case of it off at Brett's house because there is not a day that goes by where somebody isn't sick over there. Somebody's it's, sick. It's hard when you have kids because like this kid gets it, and then oh, this kid gets better, and a day later, this kid gets it, and it just cycles like the. So this morning time. we're leaving for school, and I always get up and put normal clothes on. To go to school, even though all I'm doing is running the kids to school. What define normal well, today? I've seen somebody. Well, to that, so so today, <laughs> I was like, man, I'm just, just going to run to school, and so I left on my pajama pants. And as soon as we get in the truck, we're a mile down the road. But he goes, Dad, I got to poop, and I was like, Oh, I, I'm going to have to go in looking like this. Like I look straight up Walmart, <laughs> going in to take him in the bakery to poop. <laughs> If anybody else has ever done that, y'all can relate. But my mom always said, make sure when you leave home you wear clean underwear because if you get in a crash and, you know, they have to help you, they're going to find you in dirty drawers. Well, I wasn't in dirty drawers this morning. I was in clean underwear, but I was in my full-blown, straight-up Walmart pajama bottoms. Okay, we need – I don't know how we got on this topic. We need to start spot on, spot off. Wait, <laughs> I want to ask you, like, speed weeks used to be two straight weeks in Daytona. Yeah. Not to mention when we used to do the straight, test. we didn't leave. Yeah, right. and we used to do the test. It wasn't an option to leave. No, like you were there, and the only a lot of times, the only only I came home between it a lot of times because Dale Jr. did, and before that, you were there. Like you did not leave. You packed this huge bag, and you were there. Um, but now, I mean, we're there for, I mean, three days. Come home. Go back four yeah. days. A lot of people Friday, don't come Saturday, home, Sunday. Come home. Go back. I mean, that's a lot better than. 
what it used to be. Speak for yourselves. I'm racing all damn week. Make that money. I need to borrow some money, by the way. Yeah, uh, I'll get right on that. Pat a paycheck. I just I'll got a text that. that said my wife will trust you with anything, so I'll just give you all the yeah. money. Okay, and... good. I need to borrow like two grand. <laughs> Did she drop her phone in the toilet? No, I think she's still drunk. <laughs> I'll write you a post-dated check to pay you back. Uh, speaking of drunk, I've got a Clint Boyer update. His wife posted a picture of him in the car with his hat over his face. <laughs> mm. I can't imagine why. I don't know. I wonder what happened. Uh, hey, well, I mean, his team did win the Super Bowl, so that's kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's I awesome. Mean, Do you want to FaceTime him, Brett? That's their first one, right? He's got his hat over his face. Thank God it's over. Oh, literally, he looks like death. Bless his heart. Poor oh guy. Oh, my God. Hey, he'll get it together. He wants to win the Daytona 500 as bad as I do. He'll be fine in 10 oh, days. Oh, yeah. I hope so. Let's kick it. Let's do this. Spot on, spot off. You like it, spot off, you don't like it, and you say why either way. First spot on, spot off topic. Jimmy Johnson announces 2020 as his final full-time year. Spot on, spot off, TJ. Uh, I mean, spot on for Jimmy. He's picking when he wants to go out again. And... Um, another driver that's choosing his own terms. There's nothing this guy hasn't accomplished. So no matter what happens this year, whether he wins a championship or doesn't win a race or wins 15 races, I think Jimmy Johnson's had a solid career. So oh, you think? I'm looking forward. He's, to, he's not bad. I think he's gonna be all right. I'm looking forward to seeing you know racing Jimmy this year and uh, and seeing him at the track because he is a he is a happy guy. When I mean he's always positive. Always got this. Um, I don't know. He's, just, he's a good guy. He's a good dude. Yeah, I mean, spot off, obviously, for the fans. We're losing probably the greatest driver of our generation right here. I don't you know, think people understand how what he's yeah, really like, accomplished. But. I mean, it's incredible. And I'm spot on for the fact that, like, I feel like we're going to get to see him run some other stuff. You know, he's made comments about maybe Chili Bowl, uh, you know, whatever races. So I think it'll be cool to see him bounce around in different genres of racing and stuff. 83 wins, seven championships. I mean, this guy is arguably the best race car driver, the best stock car driver in the Cup Series to ever drive. And I say that because he won championships in a lot of different cars with with packages, rules packages, and he won championships in a lot of different formats. I mean, they literally, in my mind, almost started the chase and changed the chase to try to get him to stop winning these titles, and he kept winning them anyway. What did he win, five in a row? Yeah. Uh, un- unbelievable. I don't think you ever see that happen again. And he did it against guys that we know are super talented. I mean, you go back to the Jeff Gordon era. You look at Kyle Busch now. You look at the young guys that have come in. I mean, he he's the man. And and when you look at how nice of a guy he is and great of a guy he is, man, it just makes it all the better. I, I'm, I'm spot off again, though, just because, I mean, all the guys that I grew up here with, they're all leaving, man. And it's uh, it's a little bit humbling, a little bit. You know, it pisses me off because I hate to see all those guys that, that, you know, built the sport up in my era, like Freddie said, leave. And we can't afford to keep letting big, big, big names leave without these young guys getting here and making big names for themselves. So you look at Hendrick, they've got a big void to fill right here. I mean, Jimmy's the veteran driver over there. He's obviously a leader, brings a lot to the table. And, and when you look after him, man, it's it's Alex Bowman, it's William Byron, and it's Chase Elliott. Chase Elliott is a huge name to the sport. Uh, but but it'll be interesting to see. And people, you know, I, and I'm one of these people, you don't want to really want to hear all year who's going to take Jimmy Johnson's spot. But you can't help but wonder, and you can't help but say it's going to be the biggest, one of the biggest announcements of the year when they finally figure that out. Any rumors? 
I don't I don't know. I haven't I've not been disconnected. I don't think you'll hear anything on that until the second half. It's gonna be all about Jimmy. You know what I mean? Like he's gonna be going to these places for the last time and it's you know, it's but he's right. I mean it's gonna when it does happen, it's gonna be big. I mean, you have to realize that Hendrick knew that William Byron was gonna get into one of his cup cars. Hendrick knew that Chase Elliott was going to get in one of his cup cars. He brought them through Junior Motorsports for that reason. There's not nobody in here right now that's tabbed to be that next Hendrick guy. So he's going to have to go steal somebody. He stole Jeff Gordon away from Bill Davis back in the day, and it ended up ended up ended up, ended up whoa, sorry working out pretty well for him. So, uh, man, we'll see. Another tough one. Uh, Cole Pern leaves NASCAR. Spot on, spot off. Brett. To TJ's point about Jimmy leaving on his own terms, great. Great for these guys. Cole Pern left on his own terms. Big deal. I mean, we've said on this show many, many times that this sport retires from you. You usually don't get to retire from it. It usually looks at you in in the mirror one day and says, bye-bye, you're not welcome here anymore. So to see Cole Pern walk away from this thing on his own terms, I'm spot on. He went to run a ski resort, I was told, somewhere in Canada. A couple things around this, though. You know, I think Cole Pern came up in a really good time where crew chiefs made a lot of money. I think Jimmy Johnson came up in a really good time where drivers made a pile of money. These new guys that are coming in, their contracts are literally a tenth of what some of these guys were making. So when you look at, you know, Clint Boyer, he's in his 40s. Kevin Harvick's in his 40s. Jimmy Johnson's in his 40s. Those guys have made a boatload of money. Now, I don't know how much they kept, but I know they made a lot. So these young guys aren't making it that fast. So when they get to be 40, I don't know that they're going to really be jumping up and down wanting to go do something new. So be curious to see what happens there. I will say this, though. Uh, Jazzy, a guy named Jeff Curtis, he was with Cole Pern when they were together out in Colorado racing. When, when Cole came back east, Jazzy ended up going to Ganassi. And I feel like he elevated their program last year. You know, that one car ran really well. Obviously, Larson ran well. Uh, at times, but but Jazzy's now gone back to Joe Gibbs Racing and to that 19 car, and I think you know he and Cole work well together. But I think when you look at what what knowledge Cole and you know probably had, Jazzy certainly knew what some of that stuff was. So I think I, I don't see that car missing a beat. Um, yeah, I mean spot on for Cole for Cole deciding what he wants to do. Uh, I remember reading his message saying he wanted to go be a family man, and I, I mean there's. Uh, having kids myself, you know, it'd be, there's not, that's the best thing he could do is wake up one day and say, I don't need to do this. I'm going to spend time with my family and go do something where I'm home on the weekends. I mean, that'd be, you know, it's great for him. Um, I don't think you take a guy like him away from that car and don't see some sort of, um, you, you don't replace Cole Pern that easily. That car's ran for a championship. How many years in a row? Three, two or three in a row? Yeah. Um, Final four. There, some of these guys, and that was the guy that, that clicked with Martin. That's the guy that, that you know, they started at, at Furniture Row out there. Um, once he took over out there, they, they, you know, they started getting, they got the alliance and, and uh, that car took off. So I don't think you, um, I don't think you replace a guy like Cole that easily without having some learning. Um, you know, everybody does things a little different. Everything, everybody, Everybody thinks they know more than more than any other, the other guy at that at that position. So, um, I think it's going to be hard to replace him. But it's just going to be does does Martin blend with the next guy that well? You know, does that guy make Martin comfortable? You know, there's just a lot of things to to do there. And um, you know, I don't know what what was he a, was the engineer? Was he an engineer? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, 
There's a lot of depth at Joe Gibbs. Cole was an engineer, I think, before for Martin as well. Um, but you never know until you put that guy in that seat and let him start calling races. You just never know. Hey, look look at us. I mean, we were at this point last year saying how great Kevin Mandering was going to be for Jimmy Johnson. And I had the privilege of working with Kevin. Love the guy yeah. to death. Did an amazing job here at Junior Motorsports. Very intelligent guy. But for whatever reason. It didn't work. It didn't work. And before Jimmy was even out of the chase, they made a change. Jimmy yeah. ended up not even making the chase. I would have stayed the course to see if he made the chase. But that just tells you sometimes the personality's not there or the, the, the decision-making's not yeah. there or the leadership is not there or the synergy is not there. There's so many things that go. You know, people have to understand we travel together 40 weekends a year. And there's eight or ten of us on a team that leave on Thursday and come home on Sunday, and we're together all weekend. And if it's not working, man, it's miserable. You know? Yeah. Freddie. Yeah, I mean, spot off. We, I, mean, I think we see this across almost all sports now. Like, guys are making more money, like you said, and that gives them the ability to get out. Like, we just saw Luke Keekley down here. Like, top of his game probably, you know, a couple concussions. But yeah, these guys are just eggs. these guys are just making enough money where they can say, you know what, I'd rather be with my family, go home and do this. So, I mean, props to him for making that decision. I mean, he there's been discussions like he's the next – at, you know, Chad Knauss, Ray Everham. You know what I mean? He's the next guy coming up. Like, you're, this guy's going to rattle off championship one after another, and he just goes out on top of his game. So props to him for going out on his own terms. I mean, I have kids, too, and my favorite thing in my life currently is to go watch Bodie play sports. And you Me know, too. He, he plays. Yeah, <laughs> thankfully, Uncle Freddie, too. But every time they throw a ball out, that kid's going to be out there playing. I mean, he plays football, plays baseball, plays basketball. I'm fortunate enough that uh, I get to coach him in basketball. But, man, I totally get it. Totally get it. Spot on, spot off. NASCAR changes aero package for short tracks and road courses. How about Freddie? Uh, as a fan, I'm spot on. Obviously, this is, should improve the racing, I would hope. Um, maybe as a team owner, I'm pretty spot off for the fact that, you know, they told these guys in the offseason, we're not making any new parts this year. You're locked in. Here's what you got. You got to inventory everything. Oh, now we're going to change the package. So now you got to build all kinds of new <laughs> Like, so, but I think. Racing wise, it's going to improve the racing. It's just kind of this. This is such a strange year where we don't know. Like, it's kind of like a lame duck year. I've seen somebody tweet us. Um, so you don't really know what's going on. But you know, from the owner's standpoint, I can see where they might be a little upset. They got to make a bunch of new parts that we're going to throw away in November. Jason, do you know what the exact changes were again? It's a spoiler, spoiler, splitter. Just taking downforce away, basically. Yeah. I mean, you know, I get it. Um, I'm spot on for it. Um, because we needed to make it a little bit better, um, and these changes they made aren't aren't big. Like we don't have to change the um, the ducks in the front of the car, or things like that. Those are pretty significant things when we had to change them ducks and stuff like that. But uh, you know, just cut the spoiler off. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think just leave a, the spoiler off, and we don't even need one. It's pretty. It sounds like it's a pretty big overhaul on the front end of the race car, from what I understand. Like I don't. I mean, just changing the splitter on the front. I think it's just nah, a, there's a lot of stuff that like they. Well, I, I don't know. That's the only. That's the only reason I, I was just at the shop for the first time in ten years last week, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> they were they were dead set against it pretty much just for the fact that the work the, 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 the and the money and the money you got to spend that you just it's almost a, a waste you want to say but i wrote an article for the athletic and, and it was a wish list around christmas and this was my number one thing because our short track dynamic and our road course dynamic sucked in 2019 and we can't have places like bristol dover richmond phoenix sonoma watkins Glen. We can't have those places where you literally can't pass because of the package and because of the amount of on-throttle time. I have said on this show since day one, 
What creates passing is these guys being out of the gas and who can get in the corner the best, who can get their car to turn, and who can get back to the gas the fastest. That creates passing. This package should do that. We're going to see a lot of off-throttle time. Now I'd like to lean on my good buddies at Goodyear and say, hey, bring a freaking tire that wears out. Let's go back to what it looked. This can go back to making racing great again. Make racing great again. I mean, from a racing standpoint, it's going to be – Ten times better. I was just playing a little devil's advocate, but it's not my no, money, I so I don't it. care. Economically, man, I get it. Uh, but <laughs> if it costs me, more for a better race, we need to do it. Do oh, you yeah. remember Phoenix in the fall? Phoenix even in the oh, spring. Any short That track. is our championship racetrack, guys. We can't go back there and put on a boring race. That Super Bowl last night, other than the fact that I lost money, was phenomenal. Was it there, was a great game for three quarters. Was there a football game? There was that? a football game last night. I hate you missed it at your party. <laughs> uh, but we, we've got to make – racing great again and that's what we're doing the changes are uh, the rear spoiler will be 2.75 inches instead of eight and the front splitters overhang will be a quarter inch instead of two inches and alterations to the radiator pan removing its vertical fencing to reduce front end downforce i can see where that would be there's a lot of work in that area on the cars anyway just a mostly mile and a half stuff yeah for air underneath the car um but yeah Another change NASCAR implemented, stage length adjustments for 16 races. Uh, I can, just a quick note, they decreased the length of the final stage to make for only one green flag stop. And I think they noted, too, that they considered changing, going the four stages, but ended up sticking with three. Uh, Spot on, spot off. TJ. So we're lengthening the first two stages a little bit. Basically the second stage. I mean, I kind of got used to how it was, but I think that second stage was too short. A lot of these places, if you did an Xfinity race or a truck race, the second stage was like... Oh, yeah, the Xfinity truck race. Like a heat race. Yeah. I mean, it was so short. And, uh, I mean, I literally at Pocono, I did the truck race there, and right after we took the green in the second stage, I'm like, all right, uh, nine to go. Oh, yeah, it was was like 20 lap stages. Yeah, it was (laughs) so short. I didn't think it was that. Yeah. Yeah. but you know, hey, if this um, if this keeps the race a little closer and tighter and and bunches things up and gives opportunity for different strategies, I I would love it if there was some some tire wear in this where we could maybe take two or have the option to you know I want to see I want to see guys lifting and trying to save their tires a little bit to make a run at the end of a stage or something like that. Have so. they said? Are they doing it for Xfinity and Truck? I know I've seen the Cup stuff. Are they, I don't know. If, have they made any announcements? Are they lengthening the Xfinity and Truck stages? I sure hope not, because they don't. They uh, they only need one stage in those series. Yeah, which would make the race be two stages. We don't need two stage breaks in a truck race or, or an Xfinity race because a it makes it to where those guys never get to pit under green. And I'm sorry, but pitting under green to me is awesome. It gives guys an opportunity to advance their position. It gives guys an opportunity strategy. to screw up their strategy on when to pit, yeah. when not to pit, two tires, long. four tires, yeah. gas only. So that tells you that I'm probably spot off on this whole stage length and anything. I like green flag racing. I like organic racing. And we have just changed, uh, changed it again. Four stages? and add a, a third stage break? Are you kidding me? And then they say, well, well we're going to wait and see how this new car does before we make that decision. Well, at what point are you going to know how the new car is going to do? <laughs> is that going to be July? Like, you can't make that decision over next winter either because we haven't even f-ing raced yet. So get off the three-stage break thing. Leave the two-stage break thing as it is. Um, but, again, I'm a fan of green flag pit stops. These pit crew guys make a lot of money. They make a lot more money than us spotters. Let's be honest. 
I'm not saying we're underpaid, but they make a hell of a lot more money, two to three times what we make, those pit crew guys make. They need to be an important part of it. And green flag racing, green flag pit stops, that's that's where, to me, they're worth all their money. Listen to me, yellow comes out, yes, obviously pit stops are pit stops, but I'm all for green flag stops. Yeah, I'm spot off on the stage changing because I felt like it was – Pretty simple, especially for fans watching. You know, you had a 75 lap stage and a 75 lap stage. That was easy. Now it's like we got a 75 lap stage, then we got a 153 lap stage, and then the next finals 136 laps. Like, what's wrong? Like, I feel like the people watching are like, what the hell? I don't know what's going on. When, when's the stage over? Who knows? Like, especially people in the stands. Like, I've had people like, what's the yellow for? Oh, it's oh, it's the end of the stage. All right, great. I didn't know what time that was. You know, what lap that was coming. But uh, so just keep it simple for them. I mean, Jesus. But uh, yeah, the four stages is a joke. The kiss um, method. Keep it simple, stupid. Yeah. The fourth. Uh, what's another thing? The four stages is going to create is more damn playoff points that you know Kyle Busch, Martin Truex go out there and dominate a race. They're going to have the same buy at a homestead that they've always had. You know, you're just going to get Man, more I liked, playoff points. I liked them playoff sure points last did. year. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, we talk about it all the time about how much the playoff points are affect the chase, and now you're going to give more playoff points away. Once you get a solid start to the year and you bank some playoff points or get or are lucky enough to get a win in the first month or so, man, all you do is put them in the bank. Yeah. You, you, you know, it doesn't – you can win the first two stages and finish sixth in the race and still be great for the playoff yeah. time. Spot on, spot off. Truck Series playoff field expanding to 10. Ooh, TJ, you do not I'm look happy. spot off on that. We had a great deal last year. There was people oh. – now. I mean – if there was 50 competitive trucks, sure. Let me but, ask you this before you go any further, because I want to hear your take on this. Oh, boy. Is this the Kyle Busch Motorsports rule because their full-time drivers didn't make it? I mean, I I think you when you look at it. Don't be scared now. I think when you look at it and you look at who missed it, you're like, whoa, wait a minute. But that's their own fault. That's not – you created a system, and it was supposed to put people in a bind, and this system creates this. We're not supposed to – if anything, shorten it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or, you know, I don't think uh, with as many trucks as there are and competitive ones, I thought eight was a great number last year. I mean, we missed it. We missed the playoffs completely. But, I mean, we knew we knew we had to win. The pressure was on, and we didn't get it done. So we're going to go and try again this year. Playoffs are meant to be exclusive, not inclusive. And by expanding it, we make it more inclusive. Harrison Burton is a great race car driver. Todd Gilliland is a great race car driver. Those guys are, are capable of winning. But they weren't capable – for whatever reason, I'm making the playoff last year. Kyle mm-hmm. Busch Motorsports is probably the highest funded team in the series. So you don't have excuses there in my mind. You have the people. You have the money. You have the drivers. Don't make these rules just to, just to go let KBM make it or Toyota to make it because they didn't make it. And that's when yeah. I look at this, and I may get told that I'm wrong. I get told that a lot. But, well, a lot. but I don't understand. I didn't like when we went from 10 to 16 in the no. Cup Series. Again, the purpose of the postseason is to be exclusive. Let's be honest with each other. we got 25 legitimate Cup teams that are probably capable of making the playoffs. 27. Let's say 27, right? So to be 16 out of 27, that ain't that hard. I'm sorry. So then you look at the Truck Series. How many do you think honestly have a chance? There's 12 only like to 14? 12 full-time like, so now 85% <laughs> of those guys are going to get to make the like, playoffs. Yeah. I mean, in, in the Xfinity series, don't You're don't taking away role. from the tense moments. Like, you create the tense moments with people under pressure, and that's what it's, we need. So. It's, I feel like it's a way bigger storyline that Todd, you know, we could play off of that more, that Todd Gilliland and Harrison Burton to make the playoffs. Like, we should not be expanding. We should be subtracting from the Xfinity. We should go to 12 in the cup. Like, 
that first round is almost a joke. Like it's the you know who the four guys are going to be out every year because it's the four guys that squeaked in and probably shouldn't be in there. And it, it's I feel like the whole first round is a waste of time. It's like, usually it'd somebody be, that won a plate yeah, race or something. It, it would be a way bigger storyline if we're going to damn uh, where is it Daytona this year and like you've got. Like, you guys wouldn't have made it if it was 12 last year. I mean, you right. got big-name guys right. that are like, you know, these guys are big names are on the brink of not making it, or they're not going to make it. Todd Gilliland misses it. Todd Gilliland wins Martinsville. It's a great freaking storyline. Yeah. Great. I, I'm with you, man. I, I, but I'm a sports guy, you know, and, and I know sometimes that can convolute my thinking. But, again, exclusive, not inclusive. Ugh. Not You're relieving some pressure, and that's not – Yeah, I mean, basically right now these guys have to of the good up. full-time yeah. truck teams are going to make the playoff. What's the point? You're just taking away from the last couple races before the chase. I'm telling you what happened. Sponsors and, and manufacturers jumped up and down the screen. We were spending so much money. I, you know what? I don't care. You got, yeah. You, you I mean, guys had every chance to make that chip playoff, and they could. Ross Chastain didn't even freaking start the, the, the truck series thing until halfway through the year, and he made the playoff. I, I'm waiting. I'm, gonna, I'm interested to see. This year we have um, – what's his name? He's running KBM. Chandler Smith is probably one of the best – young prospects coming through the sport right now. And he doesn't turn 18 until, I want to say, May or something like that. And everybody's like, well, he's got to do the same thing Ross. He's got to win a race. He's yep. got to get in the top 20 points. I would be willing to bet you if he starts in May, I forget, I think his birthday's in May. I have to look it up. He can make the top 10 in points, I bet. How wow. much? With a, well, how much you want to bet? Well, I don't know. Again, like I said, you're only <laughs> racing 12 guys. Yeah. I mean, he's going to finish in the top 10 every race. And, you know, I'd be inter- – I mean, I'm not sure he's going to do it, but I, I bet he comes pretty damn close. Yeah. Shouldn't be like that. We'll see. No, absolutely not be like that. On the opposite side, though, like thinking, playing devil's advocate here, does it mean there will (laughs) – There might be more teams signing on to the truck series because they have more of a chance of doing well? No. I don't think so. The purses uh, are not there, and right now the sponsorship's not there. Now you look at, again, elect few. Um, I mean, you look at Thor Sport. You look at KBM. You look at Nice Motorsports, you look at GMS, there's not a lot. There's there's no cup players in the truck series anymore. And when the truck series was booming, man, you had Jack Sprague, Ron Hornaday, all mm. those guys had cup affiliates. Uh, our buddy yeah. Rick Corelli, Tony Raines, I mean, a bunch of guys, right? Um, and, and here's the thing about that, Casey, right? So if, if you make a living and you want more money, there's only two things to do. Either A, make more money, or B, spend less money. And that's where NASCAR's kind of going with this rules package for next year. Instead of giving the teams more money out of their pocket, which will be more TV money, they're trying to cut costs. And then cutting costs makes us have um, what what we're going to see as less providers. You're not going to build your own chassis anymore. You're going to buy them from Team X. You're going to buy your composite body from Supplier Y. So I'm a fan of letting us pioneer this whole thing. Spend it. Don't tell us how much money we got. To, to spend or, or don't have to spend. Like, let us go out and do what we've done, which is pioneer and be inventive and push the envelope and make NASCAR do their jobs to keep us all within our little box that we have to play in to keep it fair. And 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 so to, to your point, I just think that um, the, the revenue dollars right now aren't enough in some of these series to won't make people want to come in. You know, it's like the Chili Bowl. There's this Chili Bowl with 300 entries and all this hype around it. 
the guy pays out ten thousand dollars to the winner. Oh, I know. What a joke! Like, what an that guy should be kicked in the balls for that. That's not even fair. <laughs> this guy goes out there, and makes all that money on the Tulsa shootout to basically pay for the whole event. Then the Chili Bowl is all profit. Good for him on his business side. Give something back to the racers. Freddie posted something earlier this year at one of the racetracks up north where the purse Thompson has been cut completely to crap. And basically, it, the the thing is, we don't want you guys here. Like. Pay these freaking people to come do well. I'm not saying pay the guy to finish his last anything. Yeah, but I mean, besides outside of Chili Bowl, like there's a ton, like a ton of dirt tracks, and we're seeing it. We spend so much like owning a dirt team. We spend a lot of money, and the payout is sprint cars pay the worst. World Outlaws not, pays worse. Is not solid for Clint, how much you travel, how much you spend. Clint's late model guys can go out and make some money. I mean, they can yep. go win twenty five thousand, fifty thousand. We'll and, never not do it because no. it's obviously what what Chad passion. loves, and yeah. yeah, and and the racing is great, but. Yeah, it's. I see it. I feel like some of these racetracks look at teams like an adversary. You know what I mean? Like it's us versus That's them. A big like word. I know. I'm drunk. I told you. Um, but like, <laughs> it's, they drunk. should be partners. You know what I mean? You're in business together. That's your show. Like you yes. should be working together to take care of each other yes. to make the product the best. And it seems like a lot of these places, Thompson especially, like that deal's a joke. They had they built a road course and they're catering to the the wine and cheese crowd that wants to rent the racetrack and they really don't care about the oval program no more. So they basically cut the purse to like. I mean, it's half a set of tires. You know, half the price of a set of tires is what you get to win now. They basically don't want to do it no more, but the drivers all said, yeah, we'll still come, so they're going to have a six-race schedule. And, and this, like is, this. This, is, this goes back to me, to, to the whole diversity thing in NASCAR and diversity in motorsports. Any kid in America, including mine, can lace up his shoes and, and, and buy a $50 pair of shoes at, at Academy Sports right here, go buy him a basketball for 20 bucks, and he can go play basketball. Racing is really expensive, and you have to come from a background that your family is willing to invest money for you to be able to go out there and race. And other cultures don't necessarily see value in that because the return, to Casey's point, is very, very low. I mean, TJ, how much money did you spend racing when you were trying to come up? Oh, yeah, a lot. Why? Well, I spent everything I had. I mean... And I got, spent everything I had. I mean, I was talking my mom into skipping car payments so I could buy tires for my race car. Yeah, and, and so. that's my point. Greed will kill everything, you know? Anyway, I'm done. That was my rant, I guess, for the show. <laughs> <laughs> Good work. Last one. Spot on, spot off. Driver and spotter silly season. A few notables swore to the 96 and John Hunter Nemechek. Rookie to the 38. A lot of, a lot of spotter swaps, man. Uh, probably, a what, lot. 10 or 12? Um, new guys are over at JTG. So you got Ricky and you got Priest with new spotters. You've got uh, Bell. Larson. Bell, Larson. Reddick. Reddick. Yeah, Bell. There's, I mean, I'm probably 10, 12 guys that swapped. Here's the, here's the hard thing about that, people. We're going into one of the most challenging races of the year. We'll get a little bit of practice next weekend. Some of us will get to run the Clash for a little bit more practice. We'll get a little bit of practice on Thursday for the dual races, but it's not a full field. So you're, you're, you're getting thrown to the wolves with your new guy in the hardest race here in the Daytona 500. So if you're a spotter, you better have your stuff together, man, because it can go real bad real quick. I mean, I saw guys um, like crazy. You know, that moved over to Matt Kenseth, and it took him a little while to get on the same page. And I saw Joey Meyer, who I thought was one of the best player, track spotters or, or was in the sense that he's not spotting anymore. Not that he can't do it, but when I saw him get with Paul Menard, I was like, hey, that's a fast car. He's a good spotter. He's probably going to help this guy play tracks. Like, it's hard to be thrown to the wolves at the hardest, one of the hardest and races even, of the year. I don't know if you guys go through this, but even like I've been with Bubba forever. 
Like, I need that first practice at Daytona. Like, we need to draft just for the fact that I need to get back into that. You know what I mean? Like, they're like, we need to get out of there. I'm like, no, as much as he needs his practice on, you know, blocking runs and getting in the draft, I, I need it too. You know what I mean? Like, we've been off for three months, and we were thrown right back to, our, you know, probably our most difficult track. And I'm like, man, I'm like, I need this just as much as he does. Yeah. TJ, good, good input on this part. <laughs> I'm just sitting here thinking, we didn't really – Spotter wise, you're going to hear all the same guys except for two guys that have left the sport, not left the sport, but um, chose to leave spotting. Uh, Billy O'Day left. He's not, he went and is pursuing other opportunities. Or He's at RCR still. Yeah, yep. but he's doing like, he's also doing his own 3D printing stuff yep. like yep. that. Yep. And uh, Joey Meyer is now a full time pilot, which he also has done his whole life. Um, he's a phenomenal pilot, um, great spotter as well. Um, so those two guys, their seats got filled by others. Um, we didn't really lose anybody, I don't think. I'm not sure. I don't think so. I don't think so. Just guys that willingly, le- you know, like you said, those two. Yeah. I don't think we lost Those two else. leaving to do other jobs kept it so everyone stayed, everyone else stayed. It's going to be interesting. Daytona, I mean, <laughs> I've seen guys not make it through the Daytona 500 before, literally. Or the duel. Or the duel, yeah. <laughs> so we'll see what happens, man. be fun. It, yeah. it does create, you know, I, I have an awareness of that in the draft when, when we get to Daytona. Now, by Talladega, I'm pretty much over it because they've been working together for 10 weeks, and you're either good by that point or you're not, right? But at Daytona, I am aware of who I'm around and whether or not their spotters and drivers have been working together. This uh, just uh, – this reminded me last year I got I went and talked to somebody about spotting for a truck and um, was fine doing it, fine not doing it, and they chose someone else. We literally got through the first practice of Daytona. My phone's ringing. Hey, are you doing a truck in Daytona? The guy's not a Speedway guy, super Speedway guy. I'm like, yeah, I'm sorry, I'm busy. Yeah. So uh, that, like you said, and that was right after first practice. Yeah. So hey, you know really quickly if your guy is capable of calling a plate race. And yeah. it, it, spotting at Michigan and spotting at Daytona or Talladega are completely different animals. We want to take a moment of silence for the members of the race community who have passed away over the offseason, David Pearson and John Andretti. Let's go in the fast lane. Three racing questions. One off-the-wall question. 30 seconds to respond to each. Only 30 seconds. How are you going to stop from talking? Good luck. Fast lane. First question. Uh, Which driver do you expect to have a breakout season and a better-than-ever performance in 2020? TJ. Oh, man. You know, my breakout is, uh, man, I'm rolling with William Byron. I think he's going to have a strong year. I think he's in a must-win situation. I mean, you know, you, you can't come into the Cup Series and be in the, some of the best cars and not win races, and I think William is capable. We all know Chad Knauss is capable. I think he's he's got to get it done. He was actually number one on my list, and believe it or not, you may think I'm crazy with this second one, but Kyle Larson. Kyle is – he's been here a long time. He's won some races, but not a lot of races, hadn't won any big races. He's in a contract year, we hear. He's probably the only free agent that I feel like can really go out there and warrant a big paycheck. And the only way he's going to get it is to go out and win races. Yeah. Uh, I had Byron kind of circled on my list. Um, same as you guys. I think, you know, obviously he really turned it on. I feel like the second half of last year had a good season, a good end of the season. Uh, another guy, maybe Chris Buescher. I think him moving over to Roush, he, he, I think he kind of overperformed in that JTG stuff. I agree. And it'll be interesting to see how he translates that over to Roush. I mean, he's he's probably one of the most consistent drivers 
over the last, you know, whatever, five, six years across all the different forms of racing? I feel like him and Newman can be really good teammates. Yeah. Neither one of them talks. I agree so with you there. That's a good one. Casey, who do you think is going to have a breakout year? Yeah, who's your favorite driver? I don't see he's my favorite driver. <laughs> oh, now you um, is, I, I do think William Byron. I think he has a lot of pressure right now. And he's been he fast. Has, he was he fast a, in the last year. He has a great team. They they've always they always end up on the front row for qualifying for on the pole for the Daytona five hundred. So I'm gonna tell you what, RCR made as many changes over the off season as, as I've ever make. seen one company make. And if they go well and if they work Tyler Reddick is going to put a lot of pressure on Austin Dillon. Austin Dillon has, yes, we know he has family ties. He's the grandson of Richard Childress, and his mom is is Richard's daughter. But I'm going to tell you something, man. It can get hot on your ass when your teammate is up there running good and you're not. And and, and Reddick is a wheel man. I was just about to say, I was looking at the list of rookie drivers we have this year, and they were all dominant in the Xfinity Series. So It's going to be a learning curve. I'll tell you, just thinking real quick here, who else could – if he could figure out how to get through the beginning months of the season, is Eric Jones. Yeah, he better get the hot too. Because when he it gets, his ass is going to be out. Second, when it gets midsummer and on, Eric Jones gets really good. And I don't know what it is. He did it the last two years. But it starts getting super hot. Eric Jones starts going fast. So I think also, you know, the, he's on a one year deal. He better show out too. I mean, the ninety, yeah. the ninety five. You don't like now. JGR really supporting them a ton. I'm curious to see how Chris Is this your does. breakout person? I knew that was coming. No. I was waiting. Oh, well, that's no. why, because I wasn't going to bring him up. Imagine that. Oh, way to go. <laughs> you know what? If it was Chad talking, fine, but We'll get you, your Christopher here. Bell PJs. And I know. And Jason can wear oh, his Cowboys PJs. I said William Byron. And we can, y'all can walk in here together. You guys are being so mean to me to start Only because you didn't want to say Christopher right away. Well, I said William, because it's accurate. Willie B. I like William. <sighs> me too. I taught him how to play blackjack. (laughs) I was going to say that, but I didn't think we should talk about it. What, me teaching him how to play blackjack? (laughs) Bless his heart. (laughs) Poor guy. And, of course, as usual, he's playing $10 a hand. I'm playing $100 a hand. I'm losing my ass, and he's he's winning. And I'm like, (laughs) I want to know... What what is on his normal everyday life? Because every time, and I've I've actually ran a lot of eye racing here lately. Every time I get on there, I swear to God that kid's on there running. He is racing every race he can run, and he's fast too. But he's just on there. I mean, just I mean, he studies it, as hard as anybody. He's a preparation yeah. guy. And Jimmy Johnson got here and changed the sport because of how he prepared. Oh, yeah. William Byron works that hard at preparation. How many guys ride bikes because of Jimmy? Oh. <laughs> yeah. Some guys say he ruined the sport. <laughs> I might be friends with one of them, or two of them, or five of them. <laughs> the guy with the hat on his face. <laughs> They're like, thanks, Jimmy. <laughs> ruined it. Carmichael did the same thing in motocross, you know? Yep. Yeah. Question number two. The 2010s decade produced the most different champions in NASCAR history with a total of seven. Do you expect that number to be higher, lower, or the same over the next decade? Freddie. Uh, I I would probably say lower. Just a seven's a lot for ten years. You know, I mean that's that's a lot. I didn't realize it was that many different winners. I I would say you're probably going to be looking at like four or five over the next. I mean, you're going to have, you know, Kyle, Joey, Danny. I don't know where you go past that. Really, you know, who the next guys are going to step up are. Kevin probably gets one. I'd say I'd say you're probably looking at five or six over the next decade. I think you have an opportunity to to match that or break it with this package, this package and the chase and the playoff format or whatever you want to call it. Um, 
can go bad real quick, and you can eliminate one of them guys. It's pretty hard to um, repeat nowadays with as, as close as the competition is. We have more cars on the lead lap than we've ever had at the end of a race now, I feel. Um, it's just close, man. It's And you can't afford a – you know, you're going to have your good teams, but it's going to be hard for it to go perfect for two years in a row or – you know, it's hard. It's really hard. You know how it is. Don't start my timer yet, Jason. Did okay. you come up with this, or did you read this somewhere? I think I did read it over the offseason. Oh, man, I was getting ready to give you mad you credit. You should have just lied. Yeah, I agree, man. I was trying to make you look good, trying to get you your first raise know, already on you. your job. I'm digging through all these articles. I, I mean, here's the thing, man. Is, is seven winners in 10 years, is that a good thing for our sport, or do we like dynasties? Do we like the Cowboys in the 80s? Do we like Tiger Woods? Do we like Michael Jordan at the Chicago Bulls? Like, Do we like Jimmy Johnson winning five in a row? I, I don't know the answer to that question, but I'm with Freddie. Seven is a lot i don't think you see seven winners in the next decade i don't think there's i mean the same four guys are going to have, have historically keep going into the final round three out of the four have so i think you see those guys you know step up and and i see maybe four or five champions kyle larson tweeted that his super speedway racing strategy for the rest of his career will be to hang out in the back until the end to avoid the big one what drafting strategy do you predict will be the most successful this year at Daytona? Brett. The last few 500s have been won by people who did exactly what Kyle Larson is saying he's going to do, which is try to avoid the wreck. Not necessarily the case at, at Talladega. Not necessarily the case when we come back to Daytona in July. But for whatever reason, the Daytona 500 the last few years has kind of had the Austin Dillon thing happen and the Kurt Busch with no mirror happen because everybody's running out of gas. Like there's the scenarios there. I don't like to do that because Freddie made a good point earlier. We're rusty. And if you ride around to the end and then you get up in there and go, hey, let's let's race our butts off. And it's like, hey, bud, I've been sitting up here for two and a half hours. Like now you want to go? Like I like to practice in the race. I like to be ready for the end when the end comes. But I damn sure hate leaving that race on a record. Yeah, I mean I- – you, the same guys do this all the time. You got Ryan Newman back there. You got the JTG cars back there. And then a couple guys, Clint goes back there sometimes. Um, yeah, he, he goes front, goes back. Goes yeah, front, like, goes back. Yeah. I feel like to win the race, you probably need. I feel like it's easier to win the race if you're leading the race. Like if you're up front, I feel like them guys get good finishes. Newman actually put himself in position to win. Was it Talladega last year by riding in the back? But I feel like everything has to go perfect for that to work. Like you see them JTG guys ride back there, Corey LaJoy rides back there, and they get the top fives, the top tens, but it's really hard coming from the back there to put yourself in position to win the race. Yeah, I don't. You can't. <laughs> what if the big wreck doesn't happen until. You know, what if you're down to 50 laps to go in the race and there hasn't been a big one yet? What do you do then? You got no choice. You got to try to get through all them cars. And then what's going to happen then? When you get later in the race, everyone's agenda becomes the same as the laps wind down. You got to get to the front. And it's not so much like that in the first 50 laps, 100 laps. Everyone's like, all right, you can go ahead. There's way less give when them laps start ticking down at the end for the Daytona 500. Let's talk about the weather in Daytona. Right now it's going to be in the 70s, as far as my forecast goes. When we race in the day there, and it's hot, and and I'll call 75 hot, because that's going to give you a 90-degree track temp. It's slick. We don't see the big packs staying in the big packs. When we go back there for the July 4th race, which won't be the July 4th race now, but we run at night, and we stay all packed up and all together. So to some degree, to TJ's point, if you're in the back and it gets spread out, you're not you don't have time to get back up through there like on new tires you know for eight ten laps yeah we're going to see the three wide four wide crazy crap that usually creates the big one but man if it's hot and slick and you and you're choosing to ride in the back there's no way you pass all those cars if there's not a big wreck. if guys are lifting it's going to be and daytona's narrow 
I know you don't. I know it doesn't look narrow or on TV or anything like that, but it's narrow, man. Like you, when somebody slides off the corner a little bit and gets a little loose or even gets tight, either way, off a four, they got They need racetrack, and if they move up half three quarters of the lane, it that guy on the outside is already in a tough spot. So uh, handling yeah. matters in the Daytona 500. Yeah, and you can't listen, man. These guys are awesome. You're not going to drive through. 30 cars to the lead it just doesn't happen like that i mean unless everything goes absolutely perfect but you're not gonna and anytime say you lay out say you lay in the back and there's 20 to go you start getting a line together you're running out by the wall by the time you get to 15th what happens somebody pulls up in front of you get blocked like exactly you don't go it, it just doesn't and, the, and there's there's nowhere safe any we were riding around the back no. last year at talladega just riding around the back and you get back there with guys that we were running you like don't third want to be racing around. We were running like third and, or fourth and got wrecked. And we were we were la- we were the we were there was three cars at the back of the pack. It was the double zero us and I forget one of the Jay Robinson cars, and the double zero broke in front of us and he checked up hard. Bubba yeah. went to avoid him and we got hooked in the fence. Running second to last, just riding around, not even trying to race. Yeah, yeah. there's nowhere safe. And we saw it last year in the was it, I think it was the Xfinity. Was it last year when the net won and we were single file just the the whole end yeah. of the race? Like we yeah. I was doing the Johnny Davis stuff. And we're riding around the back and he's like, "What do we do now?" I'm like, "Nothing. We got to hope for caution because." We're yeah. just you're not I going was, nowhere. I was now. seventh with Ross in that race, and Ross hadn't didn't have anything to lose at that time. Like he wanted to win the race, and he keeps pulling out. And I'm like, man, you're going to go to the back. And sure as hell, we went to the back. I think we ended up finishing twelfth. But he was trying to make something happen. But again, it's hot, it's slick. Those guys are standing in line. You can't pass them. Yeah, it's not as easy as you make it as it sounds. Just no. if this were a night race, man, it's a whole different animal. You could and, even tell me, hey, we got six of us that are going to line up and drive to the front. Yeah, no, they're yeah. going. Somebody's going to pull up in front of you. I would do a 6.30 p.m. start or 7 p.m. start where it's, you know, kind of the end of daylight going into the night because I think the racing would be phenomenal. It's going to be phenomenal anyway. It's Daytona. Yeah. But uh, I, I love being packed up. And, and the drivers probably don't love it, let's be honest with each other. But as a spotter, man, I love it. I like slick racetracks where I see them fight. And then you got to plan. you gotta, you got to have – you got to plan. I mean, you, if you're going to try to pass that guy, you better make it work. Yeah. So I like a little of both. I mean, I like when it cools off too, so – off the wall topic. If you were throwing a Super Bowl party and could invite one professional athlete, one famous movie star, and one U.S. president, who would you invite and why? TJ. Oh, man. We've had a question like this before, but I would probably invite probably like Vince Vaughn, um, athlete, uh, uh, Rob Gronkowski, and probably President Trump. Trump, Trump doesn't drink. That's all right. He's, uh, Are you sure? Have you seen his Twitter? <laughs> well, his Twitter looks like he drinks all day. I've uh, had the pleasure of meeting him and taught and got the you know we got this. He's with tall, him, so. man. I met him in New York one time. He's a tall guy. Famous athlete, huh? What's that? Uh, Natalie Golbus. Who the hell is that? Just Google her. You'll see why I'm enlightened. I'm sure. Former LPGA player. Smoking. Oh, hat. yeah, I think I know her. Real, real. Uh, famous athlete, Natalie Goldberg, famous movie star. Um, man, I don't watch a lot of movies, but I like Sandra Bullock and famous U.S. president. <laughs> Let's go with Hillary Clinton. Oh, wait, she lost. She's a loser. We can't invite Hillary. She doesn't meet the credentials. You would say that. So I, knew, I knew when he said that it wasn't going to happen. He's, if he'd wear his mom jeans, I want Barack Obama to come because I'd love to make fun of that. Uh, athlete, I'm going John Daly. 
that's my man right there. That's he's right up my alley. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, <laughs> movie star, uh, I don't know. Probably somebody like Eddie Murphy. Somebody funny. Oh yeah. Eddie he's Murphy. a little bitty dude. Is he? Yeah. yeah I, I saw him in Vegas one time. He was in a club that used to have there called Bank in Bellagio. <laughs> and I'm telling you, he's Casey's size. Like he's tiny. Really? Yeah. I wouldn't think you that. know I'm Morgan Freeman. Hey, first down here, Freddie. <laughs> um President, I say, I say Kennedy. He seems like a bit of a uh, fun guy to be around, or was a fun guy to be around. <laughs> Jeez, oh man. Jason, who's your three? Uh, Tom Brady, but he might be playing in the uh, Super Bowl, uh, but it's all oh in like five God. years. Tom. All right, just stop. Let me tell you something. Tom Brady is amazing, but he's done. Did you cry in that commercial? He's washed up. Oh, I was on the, the, the I was freaking out for a second. Like, is he just going to upstage the Super Bowl by done, What are you going to do something? when he leaves, Jason? I do like. He's uh, done. He, he can't. I mean, He's done. He's like twenty seventh in the league in yards, you know, per pass downfield. Like, love the guy. He's great. he's one of the greatest, but he's done. He's pretty funny on social media. He's great. I, I do find that kind of funny. Think he'll do TV? I hope not. Probably I'm tired, not. I'm tired of seeing him on TV. They're going to pay him thirty million if he comes back to the Patriots. Did you see what they're getting ready to pay Tony Romo? I mean, that's what they pay all the uh, other guys. No. Tony Romo, they're trying to the ESPN's trying to get him away from CBS. Biggest they're contract. offering like twelve to fourteen million dollars a year to do wow. uh, Monday Night Football. Well, at least, I, he, at I, least he can finally go to a playoff game. <laughs> I like sure I win. like listening to Romo. Oh, He's the reason the, I'm not a Cowboys fan anymore. Him and Jerry Jones, single handedly, them two guys. I don't understand how he did not excel with the Cowboys because he can call every freaking play on television. Like he can tell you what's happening. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. where was this when you were playing? Yeah, why <laughs> is he not to the left here? Oh, why why is that? he not the highest paid defensive coordinator ever? Yeah. Like I want him as my defensive coordinator. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, he is. I, I I've. I'm a big football fan, NFL. So I, I Buffalo probably, Bills have the second most losses in the Super Bowl history. By the way, yeah. hey, they had a good year this year. Who's most? Cowboys? No. Um, <laughs> they damn, I can't remember because I just knew when I the, saw that. Probably were, the Broncos. Broncos. I feel like lost it forever. Yeah, I just enjoy listening to Tony. I like listening. Browns to him, are third. I like listening to him call out plays because then I start seeing different things. You know what I mean? You like you, you start looking for different things on the field as a as a fan. So do you make I notes for it. your Madden game when you're listening to Roma? Listen, I've won a lot of Madden Super Bowls, bud. <laughs> a lot. What kind of coverage you running? Man or zone? Depends. Who am I playing? What's their strengths? Play that weak ass soft cover too, like last night, where they let everything <sighs> stay in front of them. And Tyreek Hill just running all over them. Here you go. Catch it. We'll let you catch it, and then we'll see what happens. So let the fastest guy in the league catch it and see what he does with His the ball. His nickname's Cheetah. I'll have to go watch the game. And yeah, see what Cheetah. Happens. His nickname's <laughs> Cheetah. Let's just let him catch the ball and run. I mean, yeah. why? You think He's probably not that good. You think they got that game on replay somewhere I can watch it? <laughs> probably. <laughs> All right, Ask DBC. Yeah, let's do it. Ask DBC. Send in your questions 24-7 on Twitter using the hashtag AskDBC. Uh, first question is from P. Schmitz, 1988. Since you're working with new crew chiefs this year, who's the best crew chief you've worked with in your career? I'm assuming this one is for everyone. Yeah, I guess so. Everybody's got new crew chiefs. Everybody yeah. got a new creature. Everybody. How about you, Freddie? Um, I mean, just touching on, I'm really happy with the crew chief we got now. I love Jerry Baxter. He's probably one of my favorite guys in the garage and has been for a while. We had him, me and Bubba had him together when we were running trucks at KBM. Had a lot of success over there. And I think he's going to come in and do a good job for us. Um, favorite crew chief probably uh, was my first cup deal. I had 
a combination of Bono and Tommy Baldwin, guys I've known forever, Ooh. and and that was that was a lot of fun. I could, I mean I can't touch on everything we did, but it was a lot of fun. I've had there. both those guys too. <laughs> so, so what does Jerry Baxter bring to the table for you guys? You think? I think just stability for Bubba. I mean, we had a great crew chief last year, Derek, and he's he still there. No, he's not. Um, oh. He was our he was our lead. Drew was there the year before Blickensdurfer, and he was our uh, lead engineer. And kind of last minute, Drew moved over to front row, and Derek kind of got thrown into the crew chief role, really probably not really wanting it. And, uh, like, he was great. The cars were great. He made great adjustments. The only weak spot was maybe just communication with Bubba, and that's a big deal with Bubba. And a lot of times Bubba's honestly just looking for somebody to fight with. You know what I mean? Like, he's he's fiery. Like, he's got – he's that's his personality. Like, he wants that banner back and forth. He wants somebody to get on him when he's not doing stuff right, you know. And Jerry will do that. And, that's, and this is kind of Bub, this is Bubba's call. This is the guy Bubba wanted. So yeah. now you know Good. you got what you got. Good. Well, you got that in Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I know. <laughs> uh, man, I've worked with a lot of different people. Some I liked more than others. Uh, I love the guy away from the track, but did not enjoy working with him. Was Slugger. Um, <laughs> oh, I've heard that out of spotters. I've heard a lot of spotters say that he is not fun to work oh, with. Oh, my gosh, man. He's a fun guy, though. He's yeah, a great guy. Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, I like him. I like to <laughs> out of Slugger. But yeah. I've heard – TJ's not the first guy I've heard say that. Oh, Stevie my gosh. said it. Joey said it. A bunch of people have said it. He will let you know um, his thoughts immediately as things happen. It might not be right, but he's going to let you know. <laughs> Um, I think uh, really, uh, really loved working with Stevie Latart. Um, uh, man, I'm trying to. I mean, I got to work with Tony Junior. Just the people that I mean, I got to work with Tony Senior here. Um, that was a learning a learning curve with me and Brad. When me and Brad worked with with um, Pops here, that was uh, he was another guy that if you did if you messed up, you knew. Um, That's the thing about Baxter too. He's an old school guy. I got to work with him with with Trevor Bain at Michael yes. Walter Racing, and 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 those old school guys have a different mentality. Well, I mean, it made I think it made me better, and I think it made Brad better too. Because there's times whenever we got cussed out on the radio, and we were sitting there, we'd go back into the garage, and me and Brad are standing there, and we're like, "Man, I don't know what we could have done different. We didn't even we didn't even do anything wrong." Yeah. And you know, pops over, and you're like, "Oh man, is he going to yell at us again? Is he going to yell at us again?" He'd walk over. Hey, you guys gonna go in the truck, eat some pizza or something? And you're like, me and Brad are like, oh, he's not mad anymore. Yes, we can go. You know, you're not getting yelled at anymore. Um, he did a lot for Dale Junior's career, man. He, but he made you like, I mean, you just didn't. I mean, he made us better. Yeah. I mean, he definitely made us better. I remember they'd show up ninety nine two thousand testing the AC Delco car with pops and literally Freddie. They'd unload. They'd run for an hour. Everybody's already there testing. They would un they would unload while the test was going on. Run for an hour and leave. And you're like. Hey, uh, we've been here like four hours, and we're going to be here another 12. Can yeah. we go home? Richmond mandates show up, test an hour, go home. I will say that working with a lot of different crew chiefs, you see their strengths and weaknesses too. Like working with Todd, um, working with Todd Gordon, very engineer-driven, very uh, very detailed. Um, was, really enjoyed working with him to see how they handled things. Very professional. Um, you know, he was uh, – he was uh, – I mean, just very engineer compared to some of the others, but very good too. I mean, you just, you just, just a different, just different. Yeah. Really enjoy working with them guys. I don't know if he was the best crew chief I've ever worked with because that's a hard answer. 
you know, to say, to say the best, because to be the best, you have to do all those things that TJ just said. I mean, and the team too, you got to have the team behind, got to have a team, you got to have the personnel assembled, you got to have the pit crew, you got to have the driver, you got to have the engineering, you got to have the, just the, the synergy, the leadership. But my favorite crew chief I've ever worked with hands down is Todd Parrott. And I say that because Todd was a lot like – Todd is an old-school racer. He would let you have it in a heartbeat. You never had to wonder what Todd Parrott was thinking. He told you what he was thinking, but he never did it to hurt your feelings. He did it, and you moved on from it. And his accolades and his accomplishments, probably almost Hall of Fame-worthy, if not Hall of Fame-worthy. Uh, won a lot of – you know, won championship with Del Jarrett, won a ton of races, family legacy. Like, I, I'm most appreciative to have worked with Todd Parrott out of – all the guys that I've worked with, and I've been fortunate to work with a lot of them. Some new guys now, you know, like Booga, like Luke Lambert, like Kevin Meandering, you know, going all the way back to the Tommy Baldwins and and, and whatnot. I'm glad I didn't have to work with Slugger because I really like Slugger, and if he's a <laughs> dick on the radio, it would end up making me not like him. So, uh, But Todd Parrish, my answer. I don't think there's many crew chiefs that I work with that I don't actually like. You know what I mean? You like them all. I mean, I, Doug Randolph has been a great crew chief. Um, I've worked with him a bunch. There's just a lot of great guys. And put in the right situations, they will they will succeed. Next one. This one is from Brian Dildine on Facebook, actually. What change do you think will have the biggest impact this year? And also, what's an affordable race for a first-timer from Washington State to go to that will be a good race? How about... Brett. Man, let's go with the affordable race first. If you're in Washington State, I would imagine that you can fly to <laughs> Vegas pretty cheap. I would imagine that you can stay in Old Vegas pretty cheap. And I would imagine that if you go to the Spearmint Rhino, you're going to spend about $2,000. That will not be cheap. Oh That'll be about $2,000. <laughs> it is one of the what best is, is shoe shows a, in America. Is, oh, that's a shoe show? Yeah, it's a shoe show. I've heard of it. Uh, Spearmint Rhino is, is – uh, it's some, so, but honestly, Vegas – if you're not an animal, Vegas would be cheap. Don't you think so? Yes. You stay at the dam. Where, where would be cheaper? Well, I mean, there's just so many so many uh, options to stay. And, you, like, honestly, like, even, even uh, what's a Brennan? Yeah, uh, South Point. Yeah, South like, Point. the rooms there. Are 59 like, bucks a night. Yeah. I will say, so, from experience, it varies depending on what else is going on in Vegas. So we can go there. But we're not there. talking about the Cosmo. We're talking no, about. But even, no, even but like I mean, other, even Yeah, even other hotels, too. Like, we would have to stay somewhere pretty far out. But um, he doesn't care where he stays, obviously. Uh, the cheapest hotel in Vegas is probably pretty nice compared to some of the places yeah. we go. I mean, um, you're going to spend 400 bucks a night stay at a double tree in Bristol. That's, that's what it yeah. is. Like, I mean, I don't know. It drives me nuts what some of the hotel prices does. What was the, what was the first part of his question? What change do I think will have the biggest impact this year? Well, you're going to say the short tracks, though. Yeah, I mean, there's no question that's going to have the biggest change from last year. You know, but but hopefully the biggest change is these drivers put on their big boy pants and come to put on a show. You know, sometimes a race is only as good as those guys in the seat can make it. And and don't be buddies. Get out there and race. Race we, hard. We've added some younger talent into the crop again here this year. So they're hungry. Yeah, they got to eat. Yep. There's a lot of guys on contract years this year. Yep. A yeah. lot of guys. This could be a good year. A lot of guys on one year deals. That's one year deals, or like a lot. There's probably half the field is contracts up together this yeah. year. Yeah. Yeah. Last one is from Teamster Dusky. Du- sorry, Teamster Dusty. <laughs> sorry. Since Tony Stewart got inducted into the Hall of Fame, what's your favorite smoke memory of him in Cup? TJ. 
Gosh, there's so many of them. Like he, he was a part of a lot of things that happened on the track. Um, he swung at your driver. Yeah, I, I will say, I will say the, uh, um, the helmet throw on Bristol was. Yeah, but it was two hands. I know, but even two that hands takes away from it. I know, but that's still a good toss for two hands. I think I throw it better one handed. Um, I mean, Tony was just. Uh, I I just remember Tony. If something happened, he was. You didn't talk about it later. Tony found whoever it was after the race, and that was it. I mean, it was he was just known for that. Um, and away from the track, one of the one of the best, most caring guys you could you could know away from the track as well. But um, yeah, I mean, he's been in a lot of little scuffles. I don't know if I have a favorite one out of all of them. But when Matthew Dillner listens to this, I think he'll agree with me. Tony Stewart's hero was AJ Foyt, and I can say with all honesty, that Tony Stewart grew up to be A.J. Foyt. How cool is that? He is extremely diverse, as was A.J. Yeah. He can win in anything, as did A.J. Championships and everything, as did A.J. And a temper from hell. And I think if, if Tony Stewart's hero, and we know it is, is A.J. Foyt, like Tony should be pretty damn happy with himself because he grew up to be just like his Team hero. Team owner, too. Team owner. And, everything, everything. And also add, like, he is – one of the nicest people still. He, he may is, have uh, yeah. some crazy tempers, but if I text him as right now, person, he'll text me right back. Yeah, yeah I agree. he is just so genuine. My Tony's, yeah. my favorite Tony Stewart memory though, is going back to when he drove the Home Depot car at Gibbs. To watch him go through the center of the corner at Dover was amazing. The way he could squirt the center there, he could do it better than anybody else. Reminds me of like a Kevin Harvick at Atlanta in one and two. The way he can go through there really low and get nice and straight coming up off the corner. And, and Tony at Dover through the center of the corner was amazing. My favorite brain fart Tony Stewart moment is, and I don't know what year this would have been, man. I'm going to say around 05. Uh, he and Newman were racing each other. Newman had come off pit road on new tires. And Tony was out there leading the race. And Tony would not let him go. He kept holding him up, kept holding him up. And Newman finally wrecked him. And Tony had the best car, had a huge lead. All he had to do was pull over, let Newman go, and he was going to win the race. And it was his race to lose, and he lost it by just being typical Tony Stewart, just the big personality, you know? Freddie? Yeah. I mean, obviously, I think the best Tony Stewart moment was that run for the championship. I forget what year that was with Carl, where he just rattled off all those wins. And, and, and he talked crap the whole time. Yeah, I'll wreck your mom to win a championship. I'll wreck my mom to win a championship, you know? Um, and obviously, just, all, I mean, all his damn sound bites are hysterical over the years. Like, he's not afraid. He has no filter whatsoever. Like, he's he's the antagonist. You know, he's going to poke at the bear with, with NASCAR and stuff. So, I mean, even right up into his Hall of Fame speech about his ex-girlfriends and wanted to thank them along the yes. way. I mean, did you see the interview where he was at Talladega? And he got in the wreck, and he just for seven minutes went on and on about wrecking. wrecking how wrecking. he's how he's upset we didn't get to wreck more cars. I'm just really upset. I'm sorry we didn't get enough to cars out. We, we should take this into a figure eight race. They should drive That's, the wrong way. Like this, this sport isn't about cars. It's not about racing. It's about people. And when you have people with big personalities like Tony Stewart, it helps our sport grow. Yes, racing is what we do, but we're also in the people business. Agreed. All right, well, I cannot believe we're about to say this, but we are headed to Daytona for Speed Weeks. I can't believe the season is already about to start. I want to know when your first Daytona 500 was and where you finished. The hell am I supposed to remember that? Well, then you it's can go first. your first Daytona 500. You don't remember it? No. What? I don't remember where I finished. I, I, remember, I remember doing the race. I think I finished 16th. When was your first one? 2001 was my first Daytona 500 average spotted. So 1999 started as Elliott's PR guy. 
did that for 99-2000 with him and Michael Waltrip. I actually had both of them. And in 2000, I uh, ended up spotting at New Hampshire because the other spotter came in on race day only back then. You didn't have to stand on the roof all weekend like we do now. And he didn't make it. So I went and spotted that race, and we missed a wreck. And Elliot was like, man, if my other spotter would have been here, I think I would have been in that wreck. And I was like, well, that was really nice of him to say over the radio because he knew that I was nervous and whatever, right? So then over that off season, I went to work directly for Elliot as his business manager. The next day, he called me and said, hey, uh, I want you to spot for me. And I was like, holy the next race is the Daytona 500. Like, that's not an easy race, obviously. So my second race I ever spotted in my life was the Daytona 500, 2001. Obviously, we know what happened there with Dale Earnhardt, which may be why it's so vivid in my mind, that particular race. But we finished, I think, 16th. And the cool thing for me was, at the time, I was basically living with Elliot. You know, I stayed on his bus with him every single weekend. And so after practices and after races, we were flying home together. So he was able to debrief with me and tell me, hey, do more of this, do less of this. You don't have to tell me this. I can already see it. And so ultimately, he trained me to be exactly what he needed in the car. And I mean, you know, I owe a lot to the guy. But yeah, 2001, thanks to the Wood Brothers for that opportunity. It paid a whopping 300 bucks a week back then. Uh, mine was 2013, 14, Tommy Baldwin. Uh, couldn't tell you where we finished. I don't know. Probably mid-pack somewhere. Uneventful, stayed out of trouble. Who's driver? Uh, Michael Lynette. Oh, pilot yeah. car. Oh yeah, I Was remember that pilot flying J something like that. Yeah, yeah, yep. Who's your driver, TJ? I am looking it up right now. You don't remember who the driver was? I'm pretty sure Whoa. my first Daytona 500. You're gonna get drug tested really, after this show. You really don't know. Who you're gonna be the first guy called in in Daytona. You can't remember your first Daytona 500 or who you spotted for or where you finished. <laughs> nah. Racing reference. What are you on over there? Yeah, I'm on racing reference. Hang on. <laughs> Do you remember who won the race? Uh, yeah, Jeff Gordon. I think it might have been 05 or 0- I think it's 05. And I'm pretty sure I Boris said. Oh, in a 36 car. Oh, I remember that. Were you on a road course? <laughs> Should have been. <laughs> that was an MB2 deal. Yes, MB2 MB. That. Yeah, yeah, MBV with Valvoline yeah. bought in. I remember that too. Yes. So, um, yeah believe that was the first one and boris was never really a a big factor i think we finished 27th it says right here there you go so how'd you do i don't know i think i'm guessing wrecked how'd you do personally did you do a good job yeah always (laughs) (laughs) not cocky at all all right well never let the truth stand in the way of a good story who are we picking for the 500 and um, Brett, since you are the defending champion. Uh, I'm the you... four-time defending champion. Okay, whatever. Back to back to back to back to back. I'm going to be Jimmy Johnson and win five in a row. Okay. Well, That's what's going to happen. Uh, man, I'm going to go out on a limb here and pick this guy. And this may be the wrong thing to do this early in the season because we don't know who's going to do well and who isn't. But there's a little alliance out there brewing, and it's a new alliance. And because of that, and this is all on the fly, by the way, it was the first name I saw when I flipped the page over. Corey LaJoy. He's my guy. Man, that's you're lowballing it. Hmm. I don't know, Corey. I think Corey finished the top ten in every play race last year. So, all right. I'll take uh I'll take Tyler Reddick. Ready? Bubba Wallace, duh. All right. Bubba and Hans. If I can get off my ass and start spotting. Yeah, that'd be nice. <laughs> Anything you guys want to rant about? Oh, I'm going to go babysit. All right, Rand. 
<clears throat> so we'll be off next week, but back after the Daytona 500 on February 17th. Awesome. So you have, basically, you can't talk crap at all. We can't rant for like two more weeks, so. I'm sure we'll have something to rant about when we come back. So you got a new crew chief. So do you. Are yeah. you sweating? Probably. He, I'm holy, <laughs> I'm on steroids. I'm, hey, on, I'm on prednisone. At least oh you got, uh, you got no boob sweat like boob I had sweat. last I'm on prednisone, dude. I'm so hot in here. <laughs> so I say on paper, I mean, you tell me what you think, but on paper with the crew chief swap, I feel like you got the best guy. What do you think? Um, I mean, just going looking at the stats, I mean, from the guys a proven winner every year for – Champion, um, yeah. I mean, if you're going to swap, I think uh, I think Paul's got the best track record. So why they make that swap? I have no idea. It, when I got the call about it, I was surprised. But um, you know, when I heard who our crew chief was going to be, I was I was okay. Well, this, we're we're going to be fine. You know, um, I, I think we could have made whatever work. But how many races you win last year? Uh, three or four, wow. maybe. That's a lot. Three. Brad didn't win, but one. No, Brad won like two or three as Did well. He? Yeah, he won. I think he won three. I saw where he basically publicly said that him and most of the drivers weren't fans of the short track package that they had. So, uh, and I, I was surprised to see it, honestly. <clears throat> didn't he? He won Martinsville, didn't he? Yeah, he won. He, he led like 490 oh, laps. Yeah, he killed him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the spring race. Yeah. I was um, surprised by the swap, but I was just curious why you thought it happened. Um, I don't know. I thought we've been, I thought we've been very strong. The 22 has been very strong, I think. Um, one race from making it to Homestead again, uh, but yeah, I don't know. I'm yeah. looking Do you forward know Paul? to it. Uh, yeah, I've yeah, known Paul. You know. Yeah, I've known Paul since he started with Brad. Um, so not a big transition there for you, personality wise. No, and uh, I think mine and Paul's kid goes to the same school and stuff as well. So I mean, I know Paul. They've been you know texting quite frequently here, and and uh, looking forward to it. Yeah, looking forward to it. We got Johnny Clausmeyer on the 14. Uh, and, and I've known Johnny forever. He was actually at Stuart Haas the very first year they opened the doors, left DEI to go over there. And uh, But I've, I've never worked with him. And, that, man, I've been around him some past few weeks. Man, awesome guy, upbeat guy. Uh, yeah. I you was can see not why surprised. these guys are crew chiefs. Yeah. Why they get there. Yeah, engineer guy, fun guy. I was not surprised that we saw swaps at Stuart Haas because if you look back two years ago, every single car won a race. Every driver won a race. And then you look at last year, the only driver to win a race at Stuart Haas Racing was Kevin Harvick. And when you literally struggle to get three and four cars in the playoff out of a 16-car playoff with what Stuart Haas brings to the table, you're not winning races. You're not leading laps. You're struggling to make the playoff. you got to make personnel changes. And I think uh, it's awesome to see Booger get to stay a crew chief because he's a very intelligent guy, uh, very good engineer. And so I think you get to keep with Penske, too, you get to keep all of those, the Brainiacs, together. You just kind of shake it up a little bit and hope you get better results. Listen, they, I trust everything they do. Um, they don't do it. They, I mean, they got a lot of really smart people there. And, um, you know, I trust their, they feel like this will be the best. So, I mean, I'm let's roll with now, it. Now, both of your situations, it's a full team swap, right? Like, the, it, like you had the whole 10 team from last year. You have the whole two team. Like, it's all – it's not just the crew chiefs. Or you don't know? No, it's uh, basically it's me and Joey are going to the two car. Yeah, but where they're going to be the twenty two. Yeah, and me and Clint are going to the ten car, but they put number fourteen on the side of it. Same yeah, thing. yeah, pit crew, everything. Yeah, I mean we um, 
we went and had a little team event deal um, at GoPro and all the picker guys stuff were there and we all separated out and it was fun. We did a little 45 minute endurance race and they basically put the littlest guy with the biggest guy. We so. went to Twin Peaks. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. I didn't pick the spot, Casey. The, the, but it was bikini day. The lunch, one, the one biggest for the view. The one biggest effect I think this crew this crew swap is going to be where is Joey probably can't start any fights anymore because Mule won't be there to drag whoever's off. <laughs> Every time Joey got into stuff, you know, we see anybody Mule, got in a fight. Mule, Mule right in the middle of it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like Mule will still be around. Though. I'm sure he will. <laughs> Well, as always, thank you all so much for listening. Please share the show on social media. Leave us some comments, ratings, talk tons of crap about Brett and TJ and Freddie. And, and if you, you – no, of course not. Say nice things about Casey and Jason. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And if you're in Daytona, be sure to stop and say hi. I got to yeah. tell you this. What? I've had more people saying hi lately than ever. I Me walked too. into the prickly pear right here by Eddie's. And I sit down and I order a jalapeno margarita, which, by the way, is phenomenal. When you come to Mooresville, you got to go to Prickly Pear and get a jalapeno margarita. Sounds like you got to go to Freddy's. So I ordered an enchilada. <laughs> I sit there and eat. And he goes, man, i got to ask you a question. I was like, what's up? He goes, you do a podcast. And I was like, yes. He goes, I recognize your voice. And I was like, <laughs> same thing. <laughs> How is that possible? I was blown away. So I hope my, my friend at the Mexican restaurant is listening today. And next yeah. time I get a jalapeno margarita on the house. I told you I went to IMSA the – Daytona 24 hour. I went to the test there and I was in the garage and this is the the roar. And the guy's like, All right, guys, everybody, we got to clear out. And I'm like, All right, thanks. And uh, the next day, the guy comes back up to me and he's like, Man, I recognize your voice. Are you TJ? Uh, and he's like, Man, I love you guys' podcast. Millions of people are listening. You millions, guys are recognizing us. Thank you. I, I, I love when fans say, Hey, sometimes we're in a hurry. Uh, most of the time, hopefully not. But guys, yeah. say hey if you see us, man. Love it. Appreciate it. Buy me well, a beer if you see me out. Don't do that. <laughs> Make, make, make them Three. buy you. I'm beer. on a low carb diet starting today. So is that why the buy me up Tito's the and donut water. stayed I over mean, by my side today? Yes. You're sweating it off. So that's because this print is on. TJ, I'm hot. <laughs> All right. Well, have a great week, everyone. Sweating more than you, Random. man. <laughs> I piss excellence. I'm good. With okay. Shit. On that note, what do you sweat? <laughs> We're gonna cut that right. Are now. you sure? All right. Are we done? Thanks, everybody. Thanks, guys. Have a great yeah. week. We're out. Holla. Later. Check out Dirty Mo Media on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Dirty Mo.